we do so rarely stop and pause and even question, you know, are we just trying to grow for growing sake, right? Because someone's defined it for us. Someone's told us this is what it should look like. Are we enjoying this process? Are we even going to be happy when we get to whatever X, Y, Z we're trying to get to? I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business, one that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena. I am so excited for this season where we are busting myths. And today I have an amazing panel of guests that are going to chat a little bit about the myth that we always have to be growing, right? There's this this idea in business that we should always be, you know, running after more money, more clients, more followers, more validation, that everything we should do should be about growth, growth, growth. I almost kind of have it in my mind that there's this, you know, vision of a trajectory where we've just got this straight arrow going up and we should always be, you know, accomplishing that. And I think this fallacy, this myth, So often when we look at our businesses or look at our lives, we think, yeah, I'm not living up to that, right? I'm not, I can't always be in growth mode. I seem to go up and then I go down and I go up and I go down and and then we shame ourselves for that. So that's really what I want to kind of tap into and talk about. And so I think I'll start with just really, you know, if each of my panelists would just very briefly introduce themselves, you know, whatever feels comfortable for you. I think that would be really great. Who would like to start? I can start. Okay, great. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Sonia. Uh, My name's Marilee and I am a learning designer and facilitator and storyteller working primarily in the space of kind of people and culture. Um, And I don't know what else to say about myself, except that I've known Sonia quite a few years and uh, it's been really such a big journey uh, of growth and then of space. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Marilee. I'll jump in now. My name's Carolyn and thank you so much for having me. I'm a nonprofit consultant and a program designer and I help women to launch and rewrite their nonprofit programs. Um, My mission is to help change the world and help women to use their voices to do what they believe in to make that change happen. I love that. Thanks, Carolyn. Cass? Hi there. Again, I echo gratitude um, for being here. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you both, Marilyn and Carolyn. My name is Cass. I'm um, a body integration teacher and facilitator of breathwork and body awareness. Um, I cultivate spaces for healing through movement and breath and conversation. In our so brain-driven culture, I get people back to 
the body, to the bones, to the breath, to the being. I love that. And that is so perfect for what we're going to be talking about today. And I, you know, I chose this panel because all of these women are really amazing entrepreneurs and they have practiced, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about today of, you know, taking an in-breath, of allowing themselves space, of, you know, really exploring a different way to operate business that isn't in this constant frenzy of growth. Um, and that's really what we're going to kind of chat about today. So I thought I would talk about and, and maybe start with talking about, you know, how we have kind of all been caught up in the way the world is moving in this you know, culture of busyness and this culture of doing this and this culture of constant growth. And so I know I definitely can still get caught up in that even after all these years, even knowing what I know. So I thought it'd be great to kind of share, you know, how did that work for you, right? If, if you found yourself at some point with this myth in your head that you had to constantly keep growing, how did that work for you? What was your experience? It's yeah, I can see the expressions of everybody else because when you really think about it, it's quite something. Uh, it stunted me, actually. It kept me small. Yes. <laughs> Seeking more growth only limited my growth in a way. Um, yeah. And it's like a, a carrot, you're, just this idea that it's a, it's, there's a goal, that there's some place that we're ever going to get to. Yeah. Um, this, this idea that oh, when I have X, I'll feel better or somehow this will change, my, my rhythm will change because I've accomplished this thing. And yet we all know, I think I, I can speak, you know, to the group here and for the listeners, I think we all really know that that's really a fallacy, that we know that we've had moments where we've had everything we've, quote, wanted or worked towards, but we can't see it in the moment. Even then, if you look back in the landscape or the timeline of your own in your life, you can think, gosh, I really wanted that. Why didn't I notice that I had it when it was happening, as opposed to like, <laughs> well, wasn't that an interesting time back then? And we're doing that in the forward motion too, the seeking, 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 oh, I'm going to feel better when. So that's how I have experienced it. And I'm in a very specific moment of pause right now. So I can really feel and have a clear line to understanding what this feels like. Yes. If you had asked this six weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Yes. And so, you know, just to go on from that, Cass, like, what are you feeling now? Like now that you have pause, now that you have created space, what's the difference between now and six weeks ago? I mean... For me, I can speak on a personal level because my work is about the, the physical body and the physical experience of being in a body. And so when you're, when I seeking outside myself, this notion that I had to get something and specifically with me, it's with Instagram and this false sense of growth based on the numbers of followers. I mean, it sounds, it's really hard to say out loud because there's something so sort of childish about it. And I'm a 40 year old woman and mother <laughs> of two, but it's still like the chasing of the followers wanting to be popular, uh, <laughs> wanting to be invited to the party, you know, these sorts of like childhood notions of success, like, and that, pulled me so far out of myself that I couldn't even really answer questions about what my work 
was. I could show you what my work was, but I couldn't speak about it, but think about my work in a clear way. And I don't mean think as in like heady headiness. I just mean now I'm just with myself and with the people that I'm with. People who have my attention have my full attention. There's no void that I'm speaking in void. Like I just, I'm not screaming into an empty room. I'm speaking to people who are in front of me or I'm just alone with my own experience. Whereas before I was constantly being pulled away from myself and outsourcing this sense of presence, which is mm. exact, which is exactly what I try to help people to cultivate for themselves is a sense of inner steadiness and presence. Yeah. And so until I feel that for myself and really understand what that means from a basic biological level and physiological experience, how am I to talk about it with others? How am I to share with others what my work is if I can't say this has been my experience? So now, even just now, as I was walking from my living room to my kitchen in preparation to sitting down at my desk here, I had bare feet on the floor and I... It's a, it's a cool evening here. And I just walked, padded across a hardwood floor and thought, gosh, this hardwood floor feels so nice. And that was like the only thought I had between the living room and the kitchen. And I thought, this is so nice. <laughs> I love <Ooh>. that. <laughs> yeah. And what a great example, right? Like, I think this is the, sometimes we're not even aware of how not present we are in our lives and business. We're, we're, we're so focused on, you know, what's happening and that growth and what we need and what we have to create that we don't even sense our lives, right? And I think that was a really beautiful example. So That's, Carolyn, can I, yeah, go oh, ahead, Mary. Sorry, I just said something to chime in on that, just yeah, to speak to that, you know, because that's definitely, I can relate to that as an individual experience, but I was just reflecting on, you know, a lot of the work I do um, is with like teams in organizations and in corporate spaces. And, you know, the, the draw to growth is strong, but it's been interesting over the past year. And even as in Australia, we've somewhat come out of lockdowns and been able to, um, gather people and, and learn together. And we've done a few sort of strategy days and things recently where they're like, oh, we've got these five things that we need to identify with our strategy. And, and when we actually talk through what's going on with the people, what they want is to connect, you know, what they want is to land. And I, and I feel like now a big part of the work I do like outside with, with clients is around just kind of gently directing them in this way as well to go, you know, we can't drive people even in, in teams to this growth, 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 because people get burnt out, people feel disconnected, they become disengaged. And actually like it affects, the flow on effect is much bigger. Um, and it's, it's been so kind of eye-opening to, to see that, that it is such a, a needed skill and, and value to have out there in, in organizations as well. Yeah, for sure. I can completely, you know, see that as well. This all really resonates with me. What Cass was saying about the constant need to look forward or the push to look forward. I don't know if you remember, Sonia, but I came to you after two years working in my first business and I was burnt out and overwhelmed from growth and constant growth. I remember starting my business um, when my second son was about four months old and I thought, okay, so what I need to be successful in business is to 
earn a million dollars. I need to have so many clients. And then every month I would mark, okay, where am I on that journey? Like, how am I tracking? Um, Okay, I have to keep on going more and bigger and faster and harder. And I did that over two years. And then I realized I'd got to a point where I could have been someone's version of successful. Like I had so many clients. I was earning money, a lot of money. But somewhere in there, I was just really unhappy. I was overwhelmed every week. I'd realized I was growing, but not in a direction that I wanted. Um, It didn't feel successful to me. And so I thought, wow, I've got to this place, but did I really want to get here? Yeah. Yeah. That was a really big moment. And that's why I came to see you because I was like, I've got to this place, but how, how do I get to a place that is the right place for me? that is the right business for me or you know it was that was a really interesting discovery for me yeah and it all all comes back to that pause that looking inwards and that space to really find out what my own version of success was yeah and that that was that was what I my journey that I've been on with you yeah I love that. I could just comment, yeah, like just because Sonia and I only met a few months ago and it was so important. It, it, it's so significant to me in the process that I'm in right now, just to speak what Mary, you know, uh, Marilee and Carolyn both have said in terms of working with you specifically, if I may just speak directly to you only because I really needed to be told that this was what I needed. And it's not like I was, you know, incapable of taking care of myself in that sense, but I, you, you know, in through your your genius and your work. And, and whenever I wanted to slip back or go around it or bypass this like very clear thing that you were expressing to me, you really held the line of the boundary. And it, that's really helpful and important when you're a person who's an entrepreneur and has something to say and needs the support. So for those listening, I think it's helpful to know that having either someone or some practice in place that really helps you to hold the line for a moment of pause so that there's a contained space in it. Otherwise, you can feel really kind of um, like you're you could lose the grip of it quickly. I want yeah. to echo that actually and just say that's something that we've talked about a little bit with the other, some of the other women who are part of the Worthy Women Collective, just how we often talk about it like, you know, where the salmon swimming upstream, you know, kind of choosing this different way of being and and choosing to show up differently in our businesses and in our lives. And it is invaluable to have people who are going to um, reinforce those choices and, and to go, you know, if you say to someone, oh, I actually spent most of this week just in a retreat and in a timeless space and dreaming that someone will go, wow, great work, you know, as opposed to going, oh, but what what did you get done? It's like, well, I dreamed up possibilities that didn't exist last week. (laughs) So having other people to, you know, to support and reinforce that is really a big part of, I think, choosing that different way for sure. Yeah, you guys are going to make me cry. I feel like, you know, like this is exactly why I created the Worthy Women Collective is to create a space to operate business differently, to create a space where pausing is accepted, where 
you know, being able to find a business that really is aligned with who we are is not only accepted, but it's the pathway, right? It is actually what everybody is there for. Um, And I think that's such a powerful thing because we do so rarely stop and pause and even question, you know, are we just trying to grow for for growing sake, right? Because someone's defined it for us. Someone's told us this is what it should look like. Are we enjoying this process? Are we even going to be happy when we get to whatever X, Y, Z we're trying to get to? If we're not questioning these things along the way, what I've seen over and over and over again over the last 20 years is women who get to their goals and hate their life. They hate their business. They want to burn it all to the ground because they didn't stop along the way to say, is this what I even want, right? Is this making me happy? What busyness gives us. Yeah. You know, if it's the, the gift in busyness is that it means we don't have to stop and ask those harder questions and we don't have to check in with ourselves and and maybe actually feel the grief and disappointment of going in the wrong direction. You know, yeah. like I think that that is really avoiding that pain was definitely a big part of what how I used to operate and, you know, spinning 15 different project plates at one time and feeling like I was treading water. But I think what what that gives me, if I look back on it, it, it was a sense of, of safety for not having to kind of be responsible for my own happiness because I could easily go, oh, it's because I don't have enough money or I don't have this or that externally. And the space was so scary to me. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I was so afraid that if I stopped that like I would just spiral into some dark hole and and cry forever. Um oh. Yes. And and now fear. I choose time to cry and I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, busy busyness is not real. It's a it's no. a total made up concept of it's just it's just another way of you're not actually doing a lot at all. You're thinking about a lot is really all that busyness is. And when mm. we jam our brains packed to the gills with things to think about and like problems to solve that don't exist. We don't actually have to feel anything. So to your point, Mary, mm. exactly. It just like it's such an avoidance, this busyness. Yeah. And of course, this 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 sense of like, oh, but but my identity is so wrapped up in the fact that I'm building a business. At least that's where I'm at in mm. my stage. Like I people expect that I'm just like, how's the business? How's it growing? How's the and I I've always come to them with a, a resume or a <laughs> list of what all's going right and what all's going wrong. And the quiet that I've been in um, has at first glance looked rather scary, but, but what really was, I was like, what was I afraid of exactly? Because I never got a client from Instagram. Once, <laughs> right? Not once. My I wish more people person, would say that. Oh my gosh. My whole, oh my gosh. This like fallacy of being productive on social media. It's so not what's happening. Even people with a million followers have a team doing it. It's not real. It's so yeah. not real. And, and you know, anything that redirects your attention that often and that frequently becomes such a habit. And it's such a compulsive thing that it's it's really fascinating to think about how much we think that that's growth. When actually the, the real growth is, I say this to my students who, who think that like being a fancy body person makes them advanced in the practice it's actually the beginners and the people who go gently and who can be quiet, who are the quote advanced ones, 
because it's the it's sitting with yourself quietly without any interference is where the real growth is. It's like all yes. the stuff that's underneath, right? Um, yeah. But this concept of of the busy, busy, busy bees, the busy, busy bees. What like what is the rush? That was the other thing. All of a sudden, I'm like, what am I rushing towards? Like, honestly, I have, I have plenty of time. In fact, time begets time. Yeah. I have more time and I'm getting more done and I am more calm yes. and more clear than I've ever done, ever. But doesn't it come from that thing that I, I think we've talked about a bit in the group around the the sense of like creating from a woundedness like am I creating from a place of yeah trying to look good for others or or trying to meet these metrics that are from what my parents said or society says and and not actually getting real about what motivates me and and what is that gift I have to contribute and I think that can seem like a very ethereal magical thing but I think getting clear about some of that for me has meant that I can be more clear about boundaries and things, even though at the moment, you know, I work in, in a team and sometimes I still have to do things at times that aren't my personal preference, but I'm getting much better at communicating and creating more space around that because I know that I'm responsible for, for doing that. If I want the things that I want out of my role and life and all that sort of stuff, then it is kind of up to me to work within my sphere of control, to um, ask for what I need. And, and that's also a practice for women, right, to actually speak up and, yes. and stand firm and go, well, well, no. Like my thing is I don't tend to like having meetings before 10.30 in the morning. I don't enjoy it um, and I'm not as functional and I don't want to have to get up with an alarm because it doesn't, having that spacious morning means I show up better in my work. Yes. I just want to add to that, that I, I think, you know, what if we perceive growth as asking more of what we want, right? Asking, you know, demanding more boundaries around what we need. Like that to me is where growth happens, not only internally, which is what we often see it as, as internal growth. It actually exponentially increases our results in business as well. I absolutely agree with that because I think um, when I first started out in business, I offered every service for everybody. Um, (laughs) And, you know, that, you know, I didn't offer the service that I really felt was, you know, I had to offer that really like I resonated with and I loved and made me happy. I kind of looked at everyone else and I thought, what do you need? How can I, how can I help you? Okay, let's do 10 different things and let's just service everyone. You're coming to me and you need help. Yes, I can definitely do that. But now that I have stopped and paused and created one service that, you know, is inside of me that brings me so much joy, um, it's such a different place. And like, Cass was saying like you know when I've created that space from you know the spaciousness in my business from having the one service I can get more it's just like I can get so much more done it's just I can be more I can you know it feels so it feels like success um, doesn't it and you know when I was rushing around trying to service all these people I was operating outside of my body 
I wasn't in my body at all. Yeah. I was I was like all over the universe. Little I can imagine little particles of myself around everywhere, trying to help everyone, doing everything. Um, but now taking the space, I try to do everything with like more care or like more presence or yeah. just from being really grounded. And that's just such an amazing feeling. And I just can't imagine ever that I operated in that other way for 40 years, you know, with, with the not knowing, with the being outside of myself, because it's magic when it happens. It does feel like magic. Yes. And I think that's the thing is that when we redefine growth and we look at it differently, right, it, it changes the feeling. So instead of like always running after the next thing, we find well, at least I know for myself as well, we find this out-breath and in-breath, right? We're, we're creating something new and then we're enjoying what we've created. And then we get inspiration to create something else and we enjoy that, right? There's this process, I think, that can really be amazing as we're moving through our business over time that allows both this out-breath and this in-breath. But so many people are just constantly creating. And without taking that step to pause without taking that in breath to even feel if this is right or not right. It's like there is never ever a moment of enjoying the process, right? Of enjoying what you have accomplished and what you have created. And I think that's a really challenging place, you know, to be in business. I think it's why a lot of people quit or it's why a lot of people end up in burnout is because they don't have that process. Yeah, I want to speak a little bit to to um, what we were talking about in the beginning before you press, press record and use the word frenzy, you know, like how we're in this sort of buy, we're buying into the myth of busyness and, and how it can be very frenetic energy. And when you think about frenzy and you think about like a kid that's had too much sugar and really should ha be having some water and some low lights and like go to bed and how we never really... It, we're not taught how to do it. Like we're told now, right? It's very trendy to talk about how rest is important. Rest is important, rest is important. But we actually, we know it's a good idea, but we really don't know how to do it. And when we, you know, when we really give ourselves and our system, and because I speak from the somatic point of view, when we really talk about our system, when we talk about our nervous system, and you think about frenzy, and you talk about the breath, Sonia, and you say the in-breath. It's interesting just because I study the breath and I teach about it. An in-breath is actually a, a somatic, is a sympathetic response, which means activating and awakening and alivening and a little bit more of the charge. And it's in my experience with the people that I work with that a lot of people are holding the in-breath in. And collectively and globally over this last year, we've been holding our breath, literally, because we're, we can't be together and it's a, it's a virus that lives and is transferred through breath. And so actually allowing for the exhale, and I mean this both literally and metaphorically, to allow the body to just down-regulate and be in a more not that we all need to be parasympathetic and down-regulated all the time. A lot of us actually need to be activated and 
waking up our systems. But I mean, it with regard to growth of business and growth of participation in grit in business, sometimes the business is about the exhale and the resonance and the quiet that comes with that. And that actually is what propels more growth is you is a person getting out of frenzy and into steady exhale energy in their own body and, and really understanding their system and how that, how that supports their business, whether you're in the body world or you're in business growth world or you're in the nonprofit world, whatever it may be, chances are you're working with people yes. <laughs> and those people have systems too. And they feel, you know, our nervous systems are wired to co-regulate. So if they feel you're frenzy and then you're getting on a call talking about how you're really gonna help them relax, that doesn't quite. <laughs> yeah, so that's been my experience, just with regard to my specific business. But I think it could help other people in thinking about, well, what's my system? What's my system saying? Like, what's my real body messaging happening here? And and what do I need to support that so that I can be not only rest and pause and hear myself and get ideas and exhale for a minute but so that I can be healthy every step of the way, you know, yes. healthy, sound body and mind, sound body and mind and soul. I missed something. Spirit. <laughs> that, that's you. <laughs> heart. Don't forget your heart. I love that Cass. And, and I think, you know, it's interesting because like you said, a lot of people are talking about self-care and they're talking about resting. And I find it really funny actually because there's a lot of people that talk about rest. And then if I've seen behind the scenes of their business, some of them I have, and you look at their life, they're definitely not resting, right? There's no actual practice of rest in their business and yet they're telling everyone rest. And you can tell by their energy that they rarely rest, right? I think this is you know, a, a really common thing. And one of the reasons why I've created some of the events that I've created in the Worthy Women Collective, like the Virtual Retreat and Integration Week, is I've created events that help us practice being, practice resting, practice exhaling, which I think yours is a much better um, framework than mine was. But, you know, practice exhaling in terms of letting things go. And we need the practice of it because everything in the world tells us to do the opposite. And we need some palpable experiences of what it feels like to actually exhale or to actually be it focused on being versus doing. And, and that's one of the reasons why I really created that is to have an ongoing practice because I don't think we get enough of that in our lives. I think it's um, really interesting because I think I viewed rest in a really masculine framework. So when I noticed that I needed rest, I'm like, right, okay, I am going to set a timer. I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes a day and that's going to solve <laughs> all my problems. And then that didn't work out. So I'm like, okay. Now I'm going to go to yoga once a week um, and that's going to solve all my problems. And then, no, that didn't quite solve it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to a naturopath, get herbs. Okay, per these, surely this is going to work. And so, like, I'd go through each of these steps going to like, okay, let's just tick, nut, tick no, that didn't work, tip, no, that didn't, that didn't quite sort it out for me. But it wasn't until um, 
I stopped, like removed. I know at the beginning you talked about the removal process. I removed things um, out of my life. I created space. I went inwards. Like it is so interesting that it's not the addition of something. It's the it's the going inside of yourself that is the key. Yes. Um, and I couldn't believe it because it was in there all along, inside of me all along, the thing I needed uh, for myself. But, you know, it's just I didn't think to access it because you're not really you're not really taught that, like what Cass said, like no one explains that to you except for you, Sonia, now, thank goodness. Um, but when you're little, you're not, ex- it doesn't, no one tells you. It's all inside of yourself. You have everything that you need inside of you. And as you get older, you're praised for going fast and being in that fr- pre-frenzy state as long as you don't go over the edge, you know, then then that moving, that moving fast or you know, you're praised for that. So you think that's the right way. Um, You know, I really believe that if there was more out there for our younger selves, can you imagine how our lives would be different Mm. or everyone's lives would be different? So different. I mean, I I wish that we would teach this in schools. Maybe one day. (laughs) I think it'll come. I think we should, we, I'm going to give the wellness, uh, I'm not such a huge fan of the wellness industry as a a market, but I'd like to believe at least with my own intention that this is going to catch up for the kids. I don't think we have another, we don't have really another option. I think now that we're finally speaking about quote, mental health, mental wellness, destigmatizing depression and anxiety. I think once we start to really unpack that in a more mainstream way, we're going to get underneath and we're going to understand that it really does come down to our our, our nervous system and our capacity to regulate ourselves. Because again, we're not trying to be regulated as a way of being like these perfect people who can quote. See, that's, that's another interesting point. It's like, we're not trying to rest and pause so that we can manipulate it and get more done. You know what I mean? It's like, we're always trying to sneak our way. Yeah, like, oh, rest. Well, let's really- hack rest. <laughs> yes. Let's hack some rest so that I can make <laughs> more money and then I can like sell my program of how all, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's, we try to, I, I catch myself in it too. Like we try to manipulate the system that just, you just can't outsmart the system yeah. of yourself. You're going to catch up with yourself. So you, you might as well lay a nice groundwork for, for how you want to be. And I think it was mentioned earlier about how success feels, you know, like redefining what it, what success actually feels like. Because if we're trying to get someplace so that we can feel present and okay with what is in any given moment, give or take um, a crisis or two, isn't that kind of where we're all trying to get to anyway. So couldn't we maybe participate that in real time so that it doesn't have to be this like dog paddling energy constantly of trying to get someplace? Like, yeah, we're gonna keep moving. I think we get so afraid that if we stop, this was also mentioned earlier, that if we stopped, we're somehow not gonna be able to kick back into gear, but actually we're not a machine. So getting back into gear doesn't really even work. And I heard recently that there's this I, I, I don't want to misspeak or even misquote it. So I'm just going to go general that there's this spiritual belief and I'm now subscribing to it that a, what a prayer really is, is wasting time, is sitting with time, idle, 
without trying to get something out of it. Just being there with it. That's really what it, it, it not to make a spiritual bend to the right here, mm. but, but that's really what a prayer is. It's just paying attention to what's happening around you. But that's also the big piece, I think, around, you know, integrating more of that outbreath into business is is almost like validating that work as being just as important as the busy work. And I think that that's something, you know, in terms of being opportunistic, you know, if you're just starting in, in trying to think about how do I even do this? Like, I don't think it means you immediately are like, well, I'm just out of here for a week and I'm going to go lie by a creek. I mean, if you can do that, great. But I think for me, like how this kind of manifests in a, in an actual like day-to-day time, especially when, you know, you're still dealing with the external world and everything, a big piece about it, I think is around permission, like self-permission around validating the fact that that downswing is just as important as the as the the high the low action is just as important as the high action and that like I have to I have to prioritize that like I I can't make it a nice to have and I think the other thing is that it is like it is a leap of faith in a way to go you know whether you're spiritual or not but because you cannot control what happens in that time like sometimes I will take a little out breath in the day which for me is like going for a walk or doing some painting or something just a little activity that is outside of doing and sometimes I'll have a really profound amazing idea and sometimes like nothing happens and I think both are just as valid in terms of like eventually getting me to a place of what I call success because I have that chance to actually think about what what ignites for me. And I think that it's something too to touch on what you were saying, Cass, about we're not machines. Um, and I've been reading recently Dr. Susan David's book, Emotional Agility, which is all about like our, our emotions signposting what we need um, and how if if we don't take that that kind of out breath to notice what we're feeling and what's going on, we're missing out on a whole lot of data that could actually help us sense a good fit with a client or sense if we're starting to get sick and we actually need a rest so we don't have to take two weeks off or, you know, to just get that information um, that we're missing because we focus so much on what our eyes and mind perceive and we forget that our body is this like sensory machine um, that gives us like emotion as a signal to what what we need um, and what's important. So that's I think that's one way too that this um, spaciousness can really help make better decisions ultimately. Completely. I really loved um, when you mentioned self-permission. Like doesn't that word feel so good? Um, but it's so interesting how hard that is. I remember when I first started with Sonia and it was like I needed her permission (laughs) to take space because giving that permission to myself felt so hard or, you know, um, so wrong or, you know, so lazy, you know, Uh, but it is the place that magic absolutely happens. And I love the bit, Merrily, when you were talking about 
capacity and how important it is, you know, like that having space is equally as important as the doing, you know. Um, and I remembered back when I had my capacity, the certain amount of hours I had in the week, and I'd be like, exactly the amount of work hours I would do for clients. So I'd be like, that's my capacity equals that's the amount of client work I'm doing. But then I didn't factor in um, any cycles, like, you know, um, even of the month when I'd feel a bit tireder or, you know, any time like I'd need to respond to like my kids being sick or, you know, even the times where I felt like my brain wasn't working, which, you know, does happen quite often, <laughs> you know, but all those things I'd, I'd equaled, okay, I am going to be consistent. They're my hours. That's what I want to do. And then that model it just doesn't work. It doesn't work without space. Um, it just leads to that overwhelm, being outside of your body, not not being in touch, you know, it, and it isn't success. So, yeah, I really feel like they're, they're such important, you know, and really different, really different things that I hadn't considered before I started working with Sonia. Yeah, I love that, Carolyn. And I think you know, self-permission is a really good topic that could be a whole podcast topic in and of itself. And I think one of the things that helps is being around people who are also giving themselves permission, right? And so having that environment, having people who get this, having people who understand that it's not all about growth all the time at every moment and that aren't tied into the frenzy, that's a really important process. I remember when I, you know, first started traveling. So when I left Australia with my husband and we were traveling, we were kind of nomadic. We were sort of in a different time stream. And I would, you know, when I first got back into Austin, into America, I connected with some of my old friends and they were caught up in the frenzy, right? Like they were, they were just running their rat race. They were just, and I was thinking, wow, we are so outside of this right now. Now it's so easy to slip back in that stream, but it's amazing when you are surrounding yourself with people who are also choosing to step out of that frenzy and what an, what an empowering process that is in helping us practice that self-permission. So I just think that's a, you know, important because thing we, to know. Because we learn so much off of one another, like even being in the group, like hearing how it's worked in, in practice for other people. So it's not just this detached concept um, because I think that, that helps me to put it into practice and also helps me go, well, I need to be kind when I do slip back Well, slip. I mean, whatever, when, yeah. because I'm, I am human and it's, it's a practice, you know, and I think that that curiosity piece that um, we often talk about, well, you talk about as well, Sonia, but um, like how, how might I be curious about those times when I do kind of revert back to, oh, I'm suddenly looking at likes and, valuing myself based on that or whatever it is to go, well, what's, what's going on in me that's making me distracted by that? Oh, actually I'm feeling a bit burnt out and I need a rest. Like use that as, as signals and data rather than as proof that I'm failing. Um, and, and I think the other thing for me around success is that's been really powerful is those times when it happens, like when I go, oh, wow, like I feel like 
oh, I've done some good work today, you know, and I feel really in my genius and in my power. Like I actually write it down. I write down like what was happening. I write a little like paragraph about what happened, how it felt in my body, because when I'm having a difficult day, I can use those as like energetic threads to pull myself back to that compass of, of like how I actually want to feel and what success feels like when I have felt successful rather than what the world says success looks like. Oh, and I was just going to say, Merrily, I know that you've talked about before and Sonia as well, like, you know, your, your day is this container. And I love how Sonia promotes the, you know, in the morning, the, the journaling or the, or the morning pages, um, which is kind of like, you know, spending some time with yourself to kind of set up your day, you know, feel into your body. How is it? How does it feel? And then what, what do you need right now? That really set the foundation for me. And then I love that, Merrily, how you talk about then at the end of the day, like capturing those moments and, you know, being able to like reflect back to those times, you know, uh, for the, some of those times that I too also get, you know, you know, switch back into my masculine doing and racing and, you know, but then when you've captured those moments in reflection, then it's like an easier process to kind of be curious about those times and then go back and, you know, reflect and, you know. Yeah, I, I I love that container that mm. you know is held, and then we we can create for ourselves as well. I love that. I feel like I we could have this conversation all day, and I hate that we have to wrap up. But you know, I think we've got to kind of close out. Is there is there anything else that any of you would like to say before we say goodbye? I think I'd like to just address um, as a, as a what do they call it a solopreneur. For anyone out there who's sort of working for herself, she's like a one woman situation. <laughs> um, uh, you know, waiting, maybe wait, you know, seeking. I've never worked in a corporate environment and I've only ever made my own money. And, and it's, um, there is definitely a balance and a lot of hard work and a lot of risk and um, sort of like self-encouragement, like go on, go on, go, go, you can do it. And I just want to say to that specific experience that taking the time that I'm taking now, whether or not it ever ends, I'm not sure. <laughs> it might never end. I may never go back. But um, what it's done for me is that, like, I feel like my antennas are really attuned, and I feel like my instincts are a little bit more um, oh, instinct and intuition, sort of separate. You have your instinct, which is like your primal response but then you have intuition which is more the wisdom in you and for me it's been they're more they're more tuned so I'm sort of like I don't know why I'm going in this direction today for example like to the coffee shop or I'm not sure why I feel compelled to go to the park and when I do in and then those I speak directly to those two examples because I bumped into people or I met someone there or it you know it was like oh like wow and I'm in a new city so I have the benefit of meeting new people a lot and trying to do that. I just want to speak to that, that don't be afraid of the quiet because you're actually getting messages through yourself and your own system rather than needing it to outsource that like, maybe I should go there and maybe I should do that from this, the media, the social media lie. Yes. <laughs> it's like a lie. So I just want to speak to like attunement and trust and building your self-trust and Yes, we need money and money is a currency and it needs to be 
it, we're not just like suggesting as Marilee said earlier, I'm just gonna kick back by the stream and like, it's just gonna happen. It doesn't work that way necessarily, but there is a balance in there that is found throughout the day or the week or even in the years where you can really begin to trust yourself and where you're led. Yes. I love that. Thank you, Cass. Anyone else? Um, I have to say the, the one practice that really helped me to change the way that I worked um, was asking myself, what do I truly desire? Um, because I had never really spent the time ever before to ask myself that. Um, and when I asked myself that each day, my world just expanded in front of me and it was truly the most amazing thing that could have happened. So I would definitely recommend that, that practice to any of the listeners out there. Thank you, Carolyn. And I would just echo that, yeah, I've, I, what Cass and Carolyn have already said. Um, and I guess just, I was thinking about what, what would I say to, you know, myself of five years ago who, who wasn't able to see this yet. And I think it's just like, like just start anywhere, start tiny. If it's just, you've got five minutes and you're on the train and instead of checking your emails, you just stare out the window, like do that. And, and it, it helps because it's a, it's building a muscle of your own permission for capacity. And I think that starting anywhere is better than not starting. And, and I know there's a lot of, a lot of women are juggling kids and family responsibilities and all that sort of stuff. And um, that's a lot, but it's like, just take just the tiniest amount and, and see how that feels. Like, just go, how does it feel different if I spent that five minutes staring out the window or really enjoying something I'm eating or, you know, and, and it is the work, like it is work for your business because it yes. will result down the track in hard business results. Yes. You all are so amazing and I'm so blessed and honored to have you here and we will have information on every one of you in our show notes. So if you want to learn more about each of these beautiful women, you can do that there. So thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for being a part of our show. This was such a great panel discussion. Hopefully from this show, it inspires you to give yourself permission to rest. And sometimes, as we discuss on the show, we need a group of supportive women to help us. I created Worthy Women Collective to provide a space for women to create a successful business, but to do it differently. You don't have to be in motion all the time. And in fact, being in rest will help your business grow. If you want to check it out, just head over to worthywomencollective.com. And if you want more goodies from the Women in the Business Arena podcast, be sure to visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Have a beautiful day and see you next time.